you guys. We're going through Romans chapter 7 this morning. I'm very excited about this. One of my favorite chapters in this book. And uh, definitely shows us how bad we are. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? It's about, uh, it's about 5 a.m. right now. And uh, really glad that we're starting our day off right in the Word of God. You know, one of the things that will help us... Uh, in our walk in this world, and our walk with Christ to, to keep us from sin is to keep our minds saturated, marinating in God's Word, because His Word washes us clean, and it helps us, it gives us power. Uh, the Holy Spirit, He works through God's Word, so we it's a great way to start the day. Really happy about this. I'm glad we're doing it. Um, so Romans 7. So Charles Spurgeon said, beware of no man other than yourself. Uh, Paul himself, the author of this book, said, I do evil. And Paul, uh, he wrote this two decades after his conversion. He had two visits with Jesus Christ. He had a vision of heaven. Uh, He was a missionary all over the world at this point. And he said, I do evil. That actually gives me encouragement because I do evil too. I can join Paul in saying I'm the chief among all sinners, that I'm a wretched man, but thanks be to Jesus Christ. And we're going to get into that in this chapter. Uh, Timothy Keller said, if you don't understand the heart of Romans 7, you don't understand Christianity. Wow. Well, let's get into that. Let's check it out. So Romans 7, verses 1 through 7, show us the law. Okay, remember the 613 do's and don'ts that we get from uh, the first five books of the Bible, the books of Moses. So the law keeps the unrighteous from righteous living. In other words, um, these laws that we have, especially in America with the Judeo-Christian laws, uh, the judicial system, um, these laws actually... Uh, keep us from having chaos on our streets and and just riots and all these things. So if laws, if if society becomes more lawless, well, we get more riots going, and that's a lot of what we got going on right now uh, here in the first part of 2021. Uh, the law also drives the self righteous or the too religious person, the person who's all about the rules. It drives them to Jesus Christ because they can't keep those laws. All right, so let's dive in. So uh, verse 1, Romans chapter 7. Or do you not know, brethren, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. For the married woman is bound by law to her husband while he is living. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law concerning the husband. So then, if while her husband is living, she is joined to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, through, though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brethren, you also were made to die to the law through the body of Christ, so that you might be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead. Isn't that awesome, you guys? In order that we might bear fruit for God. In other words, good works for God. And we died with Christ, remember? Our our cells, our old sinful cells died with Christ. When he died, 
and then we're alive and we're joined to Christ. Remember, we're called the, the bride of Christ. We're joined to Christ in his life. All right, so verse 5. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit for death. But now we have been released from the law, having died to that which by we were bound, so that we serve in the newness of the Spirit and not in the oldness of the letter, or the letter of the law, right? So back over that again, verse 5, for while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law. Interesting. Aroused by the law. So the law shows us that we cannot keep it, you guys. Like right now, if I said, do not think, this is the law, do not think of purple elephants, What's going through your mind right now? Don't think of purple elephants. <laughs> You're thinking of purple elephants, aren't you? That's how it works, right? It aroused that in you to to disobey that because we're all rebels at heart, you know. Hey, uh, don't think of purple elephants. That's the law. Boom, it's in our minds. We can't get it out, right? But if I said, now, Think of something really good. How about a hot fudge sundae? Some your favorite ice cream. Mine's chocolate or mint chocolate. My wife and I love that. And then uh, some hot fudge dripping down it. Some dark chocolate hot fudge or whatever your favorite thing is. Imagine that. Just how sweet and delicious that is, right? And you're you're gonna enjoy it right now. Oh man! So now what happens is this good. This is good. It's in your mind now. And now you're no longer thinking of those purple elephants. Well, that's the idea of God's word and getting God's word in your mind, uh, marinating in your mind throughout the day and having memory verses and all those great things because now you're not thinking about what you're not supposed to be thinking about, but the good stuff that you are, that you, you need to be thinking about. So anyway, that's the idea of God's word and saturating your mind with, with his word. So, so verse 7 what shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. On the contrary, I would not have come to know sin except through the law, for I would not have known about my coveting if the law had not said, you shall not covet. So why bother reading the law of the Old Testament? Because it points us to Jesus and it gives us a clear picture of him. I was reading, uh, I have this through the Bible um, uh, Bible book where it, it, it goes in chronological order um, of what the scholars believe was the order of the Bible. And, and it's really easy to read. And, you know, I've just been reading through that. And I came across Leviticus chapter 14. And in that, um, we see elements of the cross. It just, there's so much of this, of Jesus that pops out in the Old Testament. So in Leviticus 14, I found that this, there was says, he says to gather the cedar. This is all to uh, cover your sins. And he says to gather the cedar, which is the most common wood in Israel. And then he said to also gather scarlet yarn or the tolas we talked about before in other episodes, but it's the the crimson red, the blood red yarn that was dyed in the, the tola. Uh, and then we're going to tie, that was also tied to the scapegoat. Remember, one goat was set free with a scarlet yarn tied around it, and the, and the other was killed. And then it says to gather a hyssop branch, a hyssop branch, 
Remember at the cross, the hyssop branch was used with the sponge to bring it up to Jesus. Uh, So there's so much in the Old Testament that points us to Christ, and it's good to spot those things in there and and to to check them out. All right, so verse 8, But sin, taking opportunity through the commandment, produced in me coveting of every kind, for apart from the law, sin is dead. I was once alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, I became alive and I died. And this is the commandment which was which was to result in life, proved to result in death for me. For sin taking an opportunity through the commandment deceived me and through it killed me. Verse 12, so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Verse 13, therefore, did that which is good become a cause for death in me? May it never be. Rather, it was sin in order that it might be shown to be sin by affecting my death through that which is good, so that through the commandment, sin would become utterly sinful. So the law is pointing out how sinful we really are and how much we need God. So the first half of Romans 7 shows us that we cannot struggle in this war with sin on our own and prevail. That's what we see here. And that's what we just went over. Now the second half, this is where it gets really good, you guys. The second half shows us that this is a war we cannot lose. So you let the cross, you guys, let the cross do its deadly work in your heart and prevail. And the war is won in that, in the cross. Remember, the war is won. Jesus, three days later, was raised from the dead. And and we are alive to Jesus, you guys. All right, so let's go to verse 14. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am... I am of the flesh, I am of flesh, sold into bondage to sin. For for what I am doing, I do not understand. For I am not practicing what I would like to, but I am doing the very thing I hate. But if I do the very thing that I do not want to do, I agree with the law, confessing that the law is good. So now, no longer am I the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Remember, we have that old sinful nature, right? For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For the willing is present in me, but the doing of the good is not. For the good that I want to do, I do not do, but I practice the very evil that I, I do not want to do. But if I am doing the very thing I do not want, I am no longer the one doing it, but sin which dwells in me. Remember, this is Paul two decades, over two decades after becoming a Christian, two visits from Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, but sin which dwells in me, he says, Verse 21, I find then the principle that evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. Wow. 
Verse 22, for I joyfully concur with the law of God in the inner man, but I see a different law in the members of my body waging war. Remember, you guys, the civil war within us, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is in my members. So I don't know if you've heard of Robert Louis Stevenson. But this guy was an amazing uh, guy. He was a Scottish poet and a writer, um, and he was also a Christian. He wrote the book, uh, which you probably heard of as Treasure Island. Um, you know, uh, Disneyland has a, I believe, has a little island set up, kind of, or used to, like Treasure Island. Really cool stuff. This guy was an amazing writer. Did you know that he also wrote The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde? And uh, somebody actually asked him, like, what inspired you to write this book? This, this, this book about, this scary book about this guy who has, has this war going on between himself, like two guys, right? Well... Robert Louis Stevenson said, my human nature as depicted in Romans chapter 7. <laughs> wow. Good stuff. All right. So verse 24, which brings us right to verse 24. Wretched man that I am. <laughs> oh, that's the present tense, guys. That's Paul, um, you know, our our hero of the faith. Paul, who wrote two-thirds, two-thirds of the New Testament. And he says, wretched man that I am, who will set me free from this body of death? Then he follows it up with this, and this is what I love. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then on the one hand, I myself with my mind am serving the law of God, but on the other with my flesh, the law of sin. But here's the good news, you guys. All right? This is the good news. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 2 says, Therefore, there is now no condemnation. That means punishment. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. That is one of my favorite verses in the Bible right there. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Are you in Christ Jesus? If you're not, you can be. Because in a few minutes, you're going to have an opportunity right here on this episode to give your life, to pray and give your life to Jesus Christ. All right? So if you're not in Christ, I would suggest getting in Christ. So guys, it's a civil war inside of us. Um, if you're a believer and you have this civil war going on in, inside of you, it's a good fight. So fight the good fight, you guys. Don't give up. Fight this good fight. Paul was doing it, right? We can join him in doing this. So someday, guys, we know. Someday we will no longer have this civil war between our sin nature and our spirit. But that day, my friend, is not here yet. Not until your last breath or 
Jesus comes back and catches us up to him in heaven on that last uh, day near the end of, of time, as the Bible talks about. All right, so as a believer, we're like a butterfly. We have, we're no longer this caterpillar crawling around in the dirt and the mud, but we're, we have this new life. We've been born again, and we're bursting out in just bright colors, and we, we have wings to fly. Um, I don't know if you ever tried killing a butterfly as a kid. I, as a little boy, I used to like to kill all kinds of bugs and stuff and squish them. But, you know, you could squish a caterpillar pretty easily, right? But a butterfly, you ever try catching one and, and, and squishing it with your foot? It's really difficult. They're, they're flying around. Very difficult to do that. Well, it's also difficult for Satan when we're in the spirit. And uh, it's difficult for him to crush us. He wants to. Now, when we were... Uh, when we were non-believers and we're crawling around like a caterpillar, it was easy for us to be crushed. But now we have the power of God. Remember his ruach in Hebrew, his pneuma, his spirit. He breathes his spirit into us and our, and our sail opens up and, and, so to speak, our wings as a butterfly and we, we can fly away. But we're still dragging around that, that old cocoon with us, right? Which is our old sinful nature, our old flesh. Um, and that's the, the struggle that we have as believers. We're still pulling that around with us. But amazingly, amazing one day, guys, one day we will no longer struggle with that, fl- that flesh and we'll be in perfect paradise with Jesus in our new perfect body. And uh, I can't wait for that day. Again, Romans 8.1 should be our uh, one of those verses that you memorize. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Ah, <laughs> what a relief, right? So, so the conclusion of this uh, teaching, the conclusion of this is that our old self, guys, if you're a believer, our old self and our old sins are dead. They died on the cross with Jesus who became sin on our behalf. Remember when he was hanging on that cross, the Bible says that he became sin, who knew no sin. He was perfect, but he became sin on our behalf. He dealt with every single sin that everybody in the world ever committed so that the door was open for anyone who would believe to receive his forgiveness and receive this, this free gift, this grace, this gift of salvation through Jesus Christ. So, so I still sin, you still sin, uh, but in this war, guys, this civil war that we're in, it dies. And I now walk in the newness, the newness of the Spirit, the resurrection, the new life in Jesus my Savior forever in Christ, you guys. So my spirit in me is born again, new, brand new, alive and growing. God renews us by his Holy Spirit in pure rivers of living water. Mm. Let that pure water wash over you guys. Let it wash over you. All right, so are you in Christ? Are you in Jesus Christ? Was there a day that you know where you've been born again, you actually surrender yourself, you, you, you ask God to uh, 
you open your heart, ask God to take residence, to invite Jesus into your life as your Lord and your Savior, to follow him. Have you ever done that? If you haven't, you can say this simple prayer right after me, right now. Um, just stop whatever you're doing and and repeat these words as we pray. You're praying from your heart to God to be born again, to follow Jesus, to, to uh, have Jesus be the Lord over your life. You're going to open your life to him. And also, if you walked away from the Lord, um, you know, you, you haven't been living the way you should, you know you need to renew yourself to him, you can also say this prayer. And I join you in that. I renew myself in the Lord every day. Some people say like, well, they're, you know, recommitting your life to the Lord. Uh, you know, you were, you were saved once and for all, and that's it. Well, listen, dude, you need to get saved, not saved, but you need to recommit your life to the Lord every day. So I join you in this prayer. So if you don't know Christ and you want to know him, you want to follow him and believe in him, say this prayer right after me. If you want to recommit, say it right after me, you guys. All right, so ready? Let's pray. Well, dear Lord, I know that I'm a sinner and I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me of my sin. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe that he died on the cross for me and my sins. I believe in three days he was raised to life out of the tomb. I believe he is alive right now with the Father. And God, I open my life to Jesus Christ to follow him as my Lord and my Savior from this day forward. Please help me to follow. Thank you for forgiving me. And thank you for loving me. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you did that, congratulations. All of heaven is rejoicing right now. And you are now a born-again, brand-new believer and a brand-new Christian following Jesus Christ. All right, you guys. Well, hey, look, looking forward to chapter 8. This is the crowning uh, jewel, the gem on that ring. Imagine Romans uh, being the crowning jewel of the Bible. Well, this is the gemstone of that ring, of that jewel. So really excited about chapter 8, you guys. Don't want to miss it. All right, well, God bless you. Have a great day, and uh, I'll see you next time. George Crabb, checking out.